1: Welcome to the Mass Effect Lorecast, the podcast where we explore the vast universe of lore behind the Mass Effect games. We'll talk about all the details you may have missed, ask the hard questions, and more. So I had this funny idea. Start out the episodes just welcoming each of our Commander Shepherds individually. But then I could just say, like, Commander Shepard, welcome. Welcome, Commander Shepard. Welcome, Commander Shepard, and Commander Shepard, Shepherd Shep, Shepard, 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 Shepard. Welcome. That would just take forever, Rex. though. And then, well, I don't <laughs> think anyone role plays as Rex in the game, though. Everybody's just their own <laughs> Commander Shepard, right? And then we no, would just but have, there's the
2: Shepard Rex.
1: Right, 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 right. But then we would just have me saying Commander Shepard like thousands of times. But welcome to all of our Commander Shepherds. This is the Mass Effect Lorecast. This is the podcast where we talk about all things. Mass Effect and get into the deep lore. But this episode is going to be different because instead of getting into the deep lore, we're getting into the deep mods because we are talking about the best mods to load into the game right now if you are playing Legendary Edition because the game has been out for a while now. We're in the fall. This game launched months ago and you've probably already played through, you know, Legendary Edition once or twice or maybe 10 times depending on, you know, what kind of player you are, and you might be looking for something new. And with my good buddy here, N7 The Legend, I am also here as well, Tom, or robots, we are your hosts. And uh, with N7 Legend, with his PC version of the game, jump into the game, looking at the mods, it seemed like a really good opportunity for us to be talking about mods, because we are both PC players. So why don't we talk about mods? Also, later on on this episode, because of next week being our patron episode, which we normally have all of our patrons coming on and talking about stuff. It's also a holiday. We've got Halloween here in the U S and I know this is spreading out to the rest of the world. There are other countries that are celebrating Halloween a little bit more than we do in the, in, you know, the United States of America, but, We figured we'd give people the option to join us this week instead of next week. So on the second half of the episode, we will be transitioning into a little kind of mini patron episode where we will be inviting in some of our patrons to join us to have a little mini patron chat. But for the first half of this episode, we're talking about mods and N7. How are you doing, buddy? How's that PC holding up?
2: Oh, it's, uh, it's going really well. And actually you remember I had told you, I thought there the issue, the only singular issue left may have been the power supply. Uh It turns out I love patting myself on the back here, but, uh, I, I was right. It was the power supply. It was the power supply. And, and the crazy part is when I took the one out, so the model was supposed to come with a 650 watt, right? Mm -hmm. This -hmm. is a refurbished PC that I got. Mm -hmm. Well, when I took the one out, it was a 750 watt, really? So 100 watts more than supposed to be. But because of that, the manufacturer only shipped me a 650 watt one. And so you would think if my PC is having these power delivery issues with it crashing under full load, then 100 watts fewer might not help unless 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 the power supply was faulty right which it totally was right because yeah, yeah. 650 watts does just fine
1: yeah yeah that i mean it, knowing i know i know pcs well enough knowing the graphics card you have the, the cpu you have those are the two main power hogs um and then the rest of the system 650 sounds like it's enough it sounds like it's probably enough by about 100 watts it sounds like you're probably yeah fine.
2: it it, and yeah, mathematically should should be enough, and it's doing fine. Uh, only thing is, it's considerably loud. And props to SkyTech, the manufacturer's support, because I told them what happened, and they're sending me a seven fifty watt replacement. Nice. Because they're like, hey, you know, yours you're came right. with a seven fifty watt, even if that's not the model, you know, specific. Oh. So here's the seven fifty watt. We're gonna send
1: you one. Nice. Okay, so now you're getting everything that you needed. It took a little bit of extra work, but now you're have a banging PC. With all the components that you should have, the thing's going to work awesome, and it just took a little bit extra longer, you know, longer. But you got the reefer PC that you should have had with some new components in it for way cheaper than it should have cost. It just was kind of yes. pain in the butt. But hey, there you go. So now you're set up to load in whatever mods you want into this thing, kick the game's butt into super high gear. So let's let's dig in. Let's say you've I know you've been eyeing these mods. You sent me a list of some of the ones that you've been looking at. I've got them up on my screen. I'm looking at them too. Where do we start? Because, I mean, we all know Legendary Edition looks pretty good, but it's still based on an engine that is over 10 years old. Like the, the yeah. roots of this game are, X, I mean, basically Xbox 360 era tech.
2: Yeah. And with that being said, you know, people have likely played through the series dozens of times. And even though Legendary Edition kind of revamped some things, it didn't really add content. So Mm -hmm. a lot of these things are not new to experienced veteran players. And so if you've played the game that much, you might feel the desire to change things up and enter Mass Effect Legendary Edition mods. Well, then, you know, this doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to break the game. Like, we're not going to introduce Thomas the Tank Engine as a reaper. <laughs> Although <laughs> that would could. be amazing.
1: We could. I mean, we could. I would love we it. Could, But, okay, but these are not the ones we're going to talk about on this episode. Although, right. if you want to go find those, more power to you
2: yes and then let me know because i'm interested um <laughs> but no these these mods are going to be choo, more choo.
3: about <laughs> yes choo, like,
2: and then, choo.
1: that's the that's and then what it like, they probably destroys like, right? the child yeah right right so evil so instead uh, of the wow you just get choo, choo yeah okay sorry go on
2: so, these are going to really improve the quality and the ease of gameplay. And uh, the first one that I think a lot of players would be interested to know about would be the unlimited sprint and duration mods that are out there. Uh, Mass Effect has a lot of running in between objective points. Mm-hmm. Not just Mass Effect 1, but 2 and 3. Mm-hmm. And this can really slow down some gameplay. Some people like the slow you know, change of pace in between missions. Some people don't. For those of you who wish that Shepard didn't get
1: super wind did after a five second jog oh my god he is one of the most badass freaking soldiers in the galaxy why can he not jog the length of i mean not even a football field like a basketball court
2: not even that like he can't (laughs) even do one suicide on the court (laughs)
1: like none none of it he's like (sighs) he like he jogs from like the front of my house to the back of my house and he's like all right okay like give me like 10 seconds okay, hold on guys this <laughs> is too much he goes up a flight of stairs he's like okay whoa, whoa, whoa i'm winded i'm winded like he's worse than like like you know like i don't know some of the professors that worked at my he's like college yeah he's like fat thor he's like, like he's like we're the way where's <laughs> the at least fat thor could still fight thanos you know that's true I mean, come on yeah he he
2: in Mass Effect 3 there's a lore justification that he may have gotten soft around the edges. In Mass Effect 1 and 2 there is no such
1: justification. No justification. And it's kind of ridiculous. It is kind of ridiculous. The dude should be able to sprint like dude should be able to run a 4K in like record time, let alone, you know, getting yeah no. This yeah, absolutely. This mod is I don't know. This is kind of a, a must in my opinion. For, for somebody who doesn't want to wait for, like, you know, running between scenes, I just want to go to the next scene. I just want to get to the good bits. Like, this is not a, this is not a game where I just want to, like, wait for stuff. I just want to get to the good bits. I just, just move me to the act, from action to action, from dialogue to dialogue. Just let me get from one thing to the next. I just want to get through it. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. And I also, you know, I'm not, I'm a different kind of player. You know, I'm a completionist. But... I want to be able to run. Yeah. (laughs) Like it's just kind of ridiculous. I can't. Because you're not
1: missing anything. That's my, that's my opinion is that by running through the hallways, you're, you're not missing, you're not skipping anything. You're still moving. You're still, you're not, you you know what I'm saying? You're still transitioning through the corridors. You're still seeing everything as you go. And it's not like the run is that much faster than the walk, but at least it feels like you're moving through stuff.
2: Yeah. The walk is like a brisk, Like, like saunter.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, it's like the wind Uh, is at your back slightly.
2: There's no urgency whatsoever, (laughs) um, which is kind of funny, but we digress we move on that that mod is available if any of you are interested in downloading it it's a very simple uh, I I file change I believe so just download it it's quite easy uh, I highly recommend using Nexus mods for that they make everything easy about it all of these mods you should really be using Nexus mods and downloading uh, them for mm-hmm. and before we go any further if you're looking for kind of a one-stop shop of how to organize your mods uh, definitely download the me3 tweaks mod manager Mm -hmm. that is uh it's mainly it's mainly just a framework for drag once you download that and you set that up for your proper file pathway and by the way the proper file pathway is not going to be the same as the files where you keep your game just let the installation wizard do its thing and then when you download mods you just go to your downloads folder drag the mod file onto me3 tweaks and it's done like you import, you enable, that's it, voila. Right, right. Um, and so again, modding
1: really isn't isn't difficult. And again, so people people know. I'm putting this up on the screen. It's called unlimited sprint and boost duration. So if you're looking for that by name, unlimited sprint and boost duration. If you search, just search unlimited sprint, it'll show up in Nexus Mod Manager or our Nexus yeah. Mods the website. And
2: another one of the top ones on Nexus Mods, uh, and rightfully so, are the community patches for Mass Effect 1 and 3 in Legendary Edition. I'm not quite sure why I haven't found a Mass Effect 2 community patch yet. They might still be working on it. A lot of these modders are, again, volunteers. They're not getting paid for this stuff. Uh, But these community patches are just general bug fixes, you know, it's, it's kind of a necessity. It doesn't change anything about the game, doesn't add any content, doesn't take away any content. It just fixes bugs. It's quite similar to the unofficial Fallout and Skyrim patches, as I'm sure you're familiar with.
1: Yeah. So just an example here under the Normandy section, it says things like, uh, you know, bugs fixed, fix Normandy music, not playing after mission debriefs. Caden will not refer to the player as a biotic if they are not, you know, things like that, that can kind of if you're if you're a stickler for the details. This is stuff that makes it not break your brain when Caden says you're a biotic and you go, wait, I'm not a biotic. That doesn't make any sense. This kind of stuff is stuff that should have probably been patched out had the developer taken the time But it wasn't so these are these are the kinds of people who like you this stuff bugs and they, they took the time to go back in and fix this stuff It bugs them it bugs. I see what you did there So there's one for <laughs> one and one for three and not one for two, but hey, that's what we got so yeah. far Maybe by the time you download these they'll be one for two
2: Yeah, agreed. And speaking of Mass Effect 2, there is a great mod that people can download called the Mass Effect 2 One Probe for All Resources. This one's kind of self-explanatory. Uh, if you've played Mass Effect 2 before, then you know how tedious the grinding can be for gathering all the resources you will need. So going from planet to planet, and then stripping planets bare of all material resources, dooming entire populations because their <laughs> worlds don't have anything anymore, just so that you can put some shiny new armor on the Normandy. Anyway, if you're not really missing that and you just want to gather all the resources you need for the upgrades, then this mod aims to fix that you know it includes all of the resources you would need for every upgrade in one planet location so you just go to that planet you fire the one probe you get
1: all the resources yeah just it strips I, it strip mines um, you know entire planets of everything they have so you know you become the Reaper
2: you become the ultimate capitalist you, you have go. acquired all of the capital <laughs> <That's> <laughs> congratulations it you win the game that's what happens in real life too <laughs> congratulations you just win the game
1: you become no, the okay so
2: this fine this one's kind of cheating you know this one is kind of a cheat although there's an argument to be made that it's a quality of life improvement um even though it, it's it's like definitely a cheat um but i get i don't okay you're not hitting
1: your bets anymore you're just like no right this is a, this is a i i
2: is I get it? it. Like, I get it why someone would want to download this one because it's like, really, like, you're going to make me go to all these planets and just scan and scan and scan and mine, and mine and mine. And it's just,
1: come on. This is, <laughs> okay. like, so this is a know. design element from a time where it was like they were putting extra stuff in the game for when they were like, okay, people want a thing they can do in the game. That's just like this relaxing thing you can do when you don't want to do all the like fighting and other stuff when you can just like spend some time just going to the planets and doing other things but it's also pretty crucial to doing other stuff in the game too so it like doesn't fit the balance you know
2: No, it it doesn't. And this, in my opinion, was a poor replacement for the Mass Effect 1 Uncharted Worlds missions. Uh, Because it's not just for resources that you might scan planets, but you're also scanning these planets to find potential side missions. But in my opinion, all of the side missions in Mass Effect 2 are so inconsequential, or at least they feel that way, that it's like, Why even bother? Um, Whereas the side missions in Mass Effect 1, you genuinely felt like you were going to an Uncharted world and actually finding something worth finding. Um, So, yeah, I don't have any moral quandary with this uh, mod. It is definitely a cheat. Um, But if that's your thing, go for it, download it, speed up your Mass Effect 2 playthrough.
1: Yeah, I, I also don't have a problem with if you've already played through a game. And there are mechanical pieces of the game that are simply mechanical and you're playing through the game again, mostly for story to speed up the mechanical aspects of the game. Like, yeah, I don't that think sense. that's that's a problem at all, even when it comes to combat. I don't think that there's really a problem, especially if you're playing through the story. If you want a new story version of the game and you want to romance a different character, you want a different, uh, you know, playthrough. if you want to, you know, be. You know make different decisions and see what plays out with that stuff then you're going to want to speed through some of the mechanics some of the combat even it like you're not it's not cheating you're just trying to get to the parts that you want to see so there's no harm in doing that because you've already played through those parts
2: yeah yeah i agree completely you know if you if you've played this game 50 fucking times like <laughs> then like don't let anyone grief you because you don't want to go and mine every single planet again. Right. It, it for, would be like in like, theme like, the time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like in uh Nixada in chat says like in Mass Effect three, you can choose how much talking happens. There's the three different options for style of pl- gameplay or uh, putting it on easy because you don't want the combat to take up most of your time. You want to be able to just kind of shoot everybody, get through the fighting to get to the next scene. It's the same kind of thing, you know, you know, but sometimes you want to play through on, you know, absolute hardest Difficulty because you want the challenge and you want to be able to be able to say like I absolutely beat the game on the hardest difficulty Like there's different reasons you approach a game in a different way for different goals So play it for that goal totally makes sense
2: Yeah. Speaking of which, there is a Mass Effect uh, trilogy save editor. So if you want the achievement of having completed it on Insanity, but you're a little baby and you don't actually want to do it, (laughs) then you can go and edit your save. No, I'm kidding. I don't (laughs) endorse that. Don't do that. But it's possible. (laughs) Eh. Uh, but that's one of my least favorite mods because it's that one really is nothing except a uh, a cheat. You can use it to debug a bug save if you have one, but it's I mean the power that you would wield is incredible. Uh, so <laughs> my favorite one, however, is one called the Black Market License mod. This one's only for Mass Effect One in Legendary Edition. It's one of my personal favorites. Actually, it is my personal favorite of the Mass Effect mods. So Mass Effect 1 had certain weapons and armor in the game that players literally couldn't get no matter what they did unless they were acquired through console commands. That's the only
1: way that you could get these items. It's like they were put into the game but never actually put into the game. My understanding is that they were hidden
2: behind loot tables. They were made to be incredibly hard to get, but... They just, something about some loot table just didn't allow them to spawn or something like that. You'd think they would have fixed that with Legendary Edition. Mm-hmm. Um, but regardless, they never made it into the game. Not in, not in stores, not in, you know, like containers or any, anywhere on the ground. You couldn't get them unless you spawned them through console commands. And so these aren't like, Tester items, you know, this isn't like God tier level test sword, you know, to just smite something in one hit Um, And it's not cheap gear either. It's just really high level good stuff. So this mod makes those weapons and armor as accessible as black market items, uh, which can be purchased through the requisitions officer on the Normandy. Uh, but first, you have to buy the license as you do with every other manufacturer license uh, in Mass Effect 1. So, it, it includes equipment from Batarian State Arms, Cerberus Skunk Works, uh, Han- Hain Kadar Shadow Works, and Yormangund Technology. Those are all manufacturers that really probably don't sound familiar to any Mass Effect 1 player because they weren't in the game to start with. Um, So uh, there's also previously hidden weapon, ammo, and armor mods that you don't buy, but they will be found in the world in crates, containers, boxes, you name it, and on dead bad guys. So adds a lot of stuff that I think should have been in the game. It was meant to be in the game, um, but just didn't make it in for some reason
1: huh yeah it's that's weird it's like it's almost like they realized it didn't get it in and then they just didn't fix it
2: yeah i don't know maybe maybe there were some bugs with it i'm not sure i haven't played with that one too much yet if i encounter any bugs i'll let everyone know Uh, but that one brings us to our next mod which is called the expanded galaxy mod this one's super cool it is somewhat of a total overhaul of Mass Effect 3. So this again, this one specifically for Mass Effect 3 and Legendary Edition. This mod adds customization options for the Normandy. Uh, it adds new weapons uh, that were not in the game previously and adds new casual outfits for your squad mates and you can sprint through the Normandy's scanner between the war room and the bridge, which I know is probably a big thing for you, Tom, wanting to speed up <laughs> gameplay, right? Yep, yep. <laughs> and in the original Mass Effect 3, by the way, that was used as a loading screen. That's what that was, it was a loading screen. Yeah. Um, but in Legendary Edition, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't need to be a loading screen. So you can just sprint through it this time. Instead of having to walk, stop, wait for it to scan you, keep going yeah
1: oh man look at these guns i'm looking at the the images
2: yeah that it's so cool so the uh the expanded galaxy mod for mass effect 3 It adds some serious quality of life uh, features. Some of them are new weapons. Uh, The Collector SMG, the Geth Spitfire and the Gladius M57 are all new weapons that it adds. Uh, All of these can be found during gameplay, which is pretty cool. Uh, There's also some core gameplay quality of life fixes. For example, I'll just read a couple off. Uh, When launching a mission from the Normandy, the armor screen automatically allows selection along with the weapons and power. As usual, uh, during a combat mission, you can now press P or click the left trigger to port your arms, lower your weapon, uh, and it's not the same as holstering it, but it has a similar impact without having to save and reload.
1: So, did, um, did you know, real quick, did you know that in Mass Effect Three, you couldn't put your gun, you couldn't holster your gun, right? Do you remember this? Yeah. Do you know why yep. that was? I don't know why so that was. Yeah in, uh, in the uh, in the original version for the consoles, they maximized the memory in the game to use every single bit of memory on the console that they possibly could they they maxed out the console memory so, so much so that there was no there wasn't a single extra kilobyte of space in the memory to be able to implement holstering your gun that's so weird yeah they didn't have any more room to even add that one extra little feature So that's why your gun was always out i
2: don't know if that's like laziness or like they just went the extra mile to really include as much as they could
1: yeah it was that maximized from what i understand it was it was it was maximized to the point where when you were in combat in order to have every single feature of combat that they wanted to have in there they couldn't they couldn't squeeze out any more more details they 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 basically they realized that like okay well if we take the holster the gun out then we can eke out this much more memory which would allow us to add this other feature for this other ability that you could use or whatever (laughs) they they just squeezed out every little bit yeah it's crazy
2: yeah they really worked with what they had they played the the cards they were dealt right um this expanded galaxy mod also changes some things in ti- in terms of timing so you can now select timings of dlc missions like eden prime omega citadel leviathan and you can select the timings of the six in seven missions uh and when trainer will announce them so i always kind of hated how those missions came right when i was doing something else and mm-hmm. i felt like if i didn't do them right away they were going to expire and that i couldn't do them and since i'm a completionist that that really bugs me like not being able, you know, leaving a stone unturned. So this mod changes the way that you can really time things.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Cool.
2: All right, and it also um, we would be remiss without mentioning the Normandy immersive overhaul that it includes in the mod. Uh, so basically, there's five main different additions uh, or. or uh, features of the Normandy Immersive Overhaul. It has a new and evolving crew. You can set your XO Marine officer. You can decide the number of Marines, medics, engineers, and other crew members on the Normandy. Uh, There's a customizable Normandy now. You can add a firing range. You can add vehicles, other equipment, all controlled from the ship's new manifest. Uh, There's cabin romances. You can get an interactive picture from Shepard's love interest and invite them up to spend time with Shepard in the cabin whenever. (laughs) Like It doesn't have to be at a certain point in the game
1: well weird um, you know like uh, maybe like real relationships
2: yeah hey hey <laughs> baby i know that we're in the middle of a mission but why don't we just go up to my <laughs> my quarters real quick
1: uh <laughs> sovereign and- asks can you add a tim horton's
2: Well, I wish we could add a Timmy Hose. That'd be nice. Um, But no no Tim Hortons aboard the Normandy, no. Uh, Although Shepard acts like someone who eats at Tim Hortons very often uh, with his lack of running ability, uh, I don't think that there's one there. There, There's also some Mass Effect 2 weapon imports, so you can bring on some weapons from Mass Effect 2 and play them uh, in Mass Effect 3 and you can actually reach level 10 on the first playthrough if you imported. Uh, and there's also some immersive improvements you know restored conversations between ashley and liara unblocked windows new cabin models and there's just a lot of a lot more stuff i mean like i'm looking at a at this page and it's like so expansive right like so the expanded galaxy mod is aptly named
1: there's uh-huh. so much stuff here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah this is cool stuff so there is there's one more. You've got kind of this honorable mention here. Yes. And yeah. I love I love my my fashion accessories in games. I am I have this weird I always want to look awesome in games thing. My wife on the other hand is like, I don't care. She collects everything in games and then makes fun of me because I always want to play dress up in games, which is kind of funny because you would think I, I don't know, just like stereotypically you would assume that it would be the opposite, but it's not. Um, so I I play fashion souls, you know, or fashion scrolls, or whatever with my characters. I've got got them all dressed up in cool ways and stuff. And so this is like totally up my alley. So what yes. are we talking about so
2: here? this this one's the expanded galaxy mod armors for legendary edition two and three uh i'm yes. very much with you on this tom i love fashion all effect. the different armors and uh, yes fashion effect uh, and all the different things that you can bring onto the table with this mod you can actually wear armors from mass effect andromeda and the mass effect 3 multiplayer in the, in the campaign now. Previously, there were a lot of armors and outfits that were not available in the single player at all. But now, uh, thanks to the wonderful work of some very dedicated modders, you can. Uh, there's tons and tons and tons of new outfits, not just armors, but casual outfits too. Uh, and that doesn't just go for Shepard, that also goes for the squad mates. They have like over 30 new casual outfits for the squad mates to wear in non-combat combat. Uh, environments, The Expanded Shepherd Armory is also along the same lines. It's an honorable mention. It's a required mod for the EGM armors for uh, Legendary Edition 2 and 3. The Expanded Ar- Shepherd Armory, though, it allows the same exact thing, wearing Mass Effect 2 armors and 3, except it goes in reverse. So if you ever wanted to use Mass Effect 3 armors and Mass Effect 2, you can do that, too. Uh, so y- there's some uniformity there, which actually would have been nice uh if they implemented that from the very get go you know kind of a unified armory system
1: yeah you you would think they would carry over some of this stuff and just add to it
2: yeah it doesn't, yeah oh well i mean yeah i i guess i get it um i would love one day if i saw that there that the modders had included and you know all encompassing expanded galaxy mod armors for the entire trilogy so you could wear all of the mass effect 3 stuff in mass effect 1 that'd be cool
1: yeah that would be really cool so man i'm gonna have to dig into some of the stuff on my new playthrough i think i might i think i might go to that one first and just like have all the cool armors because that's part of, it's part of just the looting aspect of this stuff you know like you always want to get like the cool new gun and half the time I don't care about the stats as long as it just freaking looks cool. You know, like, yeah, does it look badass? Does it then, look yeah, badass? Yeah. yeah. Do I pull the gun out and feel cool? Cause I'm, you know, do I have a cool outfit? Do I have a cool gun? Do I walk into the room and feel like I'm a total badass shepherd when I'm going to go shake down, you know, the bad guy on the other side of the room? Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes maybe maybe
2: you're, maybe you're role playing a super weenie hut junior shepherd. I don't know. I don't know.
1: (laughs) Well, that's the other thing. It's like, do I want to look really dumb? Is there really dumb looking armor? Uh, Maybe I want that, (laughs) you know, give me the options. Give me all the options to role play this. However I want because of just for whatever reason, you know, that's what I'm, that's what I'm down for. So, yeah awesome stuff um very very cool go check all of these out i will put links for these in the show notes so you're able to check out all these directly um you can also just search the names that we've brought up during the during the show on nexus mods um so the the website for that is nexusmods.com and you'll probably want to log in and create a an account so you can keep track of all the mods you download and as with any mods you're loading into a system follow the instructions the way they've set them up make sure that you are following them to the letter and make sure that you back up your files before you do so. So it's always a good idea to again, follow the instructions, be careful with stuff and backup, especially your save files. So you don't mess anything up. Um, so warning, warning, warning. We don't want you, you know, writing us in and saying I tried out your mods and you screwed up my save file. I lost everything, you know, not our fault. (laughs) You follow the instructions. Be careful. This is on you guys. All right. Um, Let's move on to the middle of the show. We're going to thank our patrons. And then we'll be back with some special guests for the second half of our episode. So stay tuned.
0: Message coming in. Patching it through. I am sovereign and this station
3: is mine. I like the sound of that.
1: Have you ever wondered
4: how deep the Elder Scrolls lore rabbit hole goes? Have you got a grasp of the basics and want to find out more about the universe? Written in Uncertainty is here to help you. We'll be mixing in philosophy, theology, and whatever other theory is useful with Elder Scrolls texts to untangle some of the biggest questions in the series, like what are Dragon Breaks, how does Chim work, where did the Dwemer go, and more. Check us out at writteninuncertainty.com or find Written in Uncertainty on any podcatcher. Thanks for listening and catch you later in the gray. Maybe of Tamriel. All
1: right. This is the middle of the show. This is where we get to thank our patrons for being freaking awesome. And get this, we have five shep or I'm sorry, four shepherd tier patrons to thank. We've got blaze freezer pipe man, sovereign and stagger and stumble. Thank you to all of our patrons. You guys are awesome. Um, I would have some uh, winners to announce this week, but I haven't heard back from our mysterious uh, shadow broker yet on our winners. Our mysterious shadow broker has been a bit uh, busy. This weekend with something else going on, so I know that all the submissions are in. Submissions are closed, and we will let you know who the winner is on Discord as soon as I hear back and we get word from the Shadow Broker. So sorry to be a little bit mysterious about who the winners are, but I will let you know back as soon as possible. I have I have sent the Shadow Broker messages, and you know Shadow Broker's busy with uh, things across the galaxy. That I you know I don't know what's going on out there, but. As soon as we know, we will post winners on the Discord. We will let you guys know who the winners are, and they can join us next weekend. So stay tuned for that. And thank you to all of our patrons, all 42 of you, who help support the show every week. If we've done anything to help you get through your workday, your workout, your commute to work, or making costumes for your pets for Halloween, then please consider going to patreon.com slash mass effect lorecast and checking out all the different tiers, including tier three that you can sign up. You get ad-free episodes, episodes early and stickers that come out for patrons. Um, And they're, they're awesome. If you sign up for tier four, you can join us next week. We're going to be talking about our favorite quests to go on to, you know, hang out with our, with our potential love interests. So that's going to be fun. Companion quests. So that's going to be super fun. I'm looking forward to it. And we will be back just in a second because I have to share with our Patrons that are joining us today our little invite to get them on the stream. So here you go guys Here's our little message with their invite. They're gonna be ch- popping in with us and um, We have any other news we want to share Sam
2: uh, Well, we do have the review from po-boy rich uh, that I don't think we have read yet
1: Okay, do you want to read it you want to call this? out?
2: Uh sure. Yeah, I can bring it up right now
1: Actually, we have one that just came in right now also actually i got them up right here we have one that came in today so we've got two reviews one i've got got it up why don't i just do it real quick so we've got sure go for it po boy rich po boys are delicious by the way from the united states who wrote in and said great podcast questionable morality mm, five stars i just finished episode 17. love the podcast it's great well, well worth the listen but no one understands that destroy is a renegade choice The genocide of synthetic life is pretty evil, whereas sacrificing yourself to save everybody with the control option is totally Paragon. Discuss.
2: Um, (laughs) no. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm I'm just kidding. Of course, Poe Boy Rich has just as valid of an opinion about the game as I do. Um, But my opinion is that... It is, it is regrettable that po'boy rich has become indoctrinated um, oh <laughs> so. no
1: them fighting words um, you guys are gonna have to hash this out on the robots radio discord so po'boy rich welcome to the discord. Come join us and let's hash that out on there. And you're more than welcome to join us on a future episode of the, of the Patreon chat, uh, to to hash this out in more detail, because we would love to hear some of your justification for this, because this of course is a hot topic and everybody's going to want to jump in and, and, uh, you know, argue their points, friendly arguments, friendly argument, let it, let me point, point out, but thank you for, for the for the review and for the five stars. Um, we really do appreciate it. And then we've got one from daladala 63 and that's actually spelled with an A, DalaDala from the US, who wrote in just today. Phenomenal work, five stars. These guys do a great job, not just with Mass Effect lore, but as an overall, as an overall host and commentary, bringing in parallels to real life, banter back and forth, and generally being fun to listen to. The Mass Effect lore is then top notch. Great information that most people don't catch on their playthroughs and a great love for the game. It's great to listen to people that enjoy the game as much as I do and get into the lore significantly more than I do. They have gotten me through a lot of drive and work time that otherwise would be dull. Great work and a great podcast with two great hosts. If you don't enjoy or can't understand the parallels to real life and other issues we see on a daily basis, maybe they aren't for you. But I hear, s uh, I hear. Head in the sand is a good way to go. <laughs> Smiley face. I do sincerely thank them for the parallels to real life and banter back and forth. Well, thank you, thank you, dollar dollar. I'm glad you uh, appreciate those, and I'm glad. Um, thank you for all the the compliments on here too. This is um, this is very flattering. My head has grown three sizes larger, and uh, I will now have a hard time fitting through doorways. So. Um, Thank you for that. Uh, (laughs) You guys are awesome. Thank you for the time you take to leave us rating and reviews. It really, really does help people with finding the show and finding out what they like about the show and um, also, you know, feeding our egos. So uh, thank you for that as well. All right. We've got some patrons to bring into our chat. So we'll be back in just a second with them. And don't go anywhere. Here we go. Spit it out. Or are you trying to build suspense?
3: You're so dense, sir. Obviously, I do not know as much about human relationships as I thought.
1: All right, let's get the screen set up. Patrons, welcome in. How are you doing? Hey, hey, I'm great. Hey, we've got Psych and Genesis hey, here. How's it going, Psych? How's it going, Genesis? <laughs> How I'm are good. you guys? Good, good, good. Welcome, welcome. Um. I think I've got the screen pretty, looking pretty good here. So, um, man, you got this is kind of fun because you have the two of us all <laughs> to yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, welcome back. Um, we're talking about companion missions, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. So the topic I believe patrons decided on for this week's uh, patron chat was: what is your favorite squadmate's loyalty mission, and why? So, mm-hmm. uh, Psych or Genesis? Do either of you have a, a dying itch to go first? Uh, ladies
4: first, <laughs> gentleman thing to do. <laughs> All right. Um,
5: yeah. So my favorite loyalty mission was Grunt. i had so much fun because when you're communicating with krogan's going for even like the not renegade option but like the down option they generally respect that more and so you get to have more interaction and they i don't know you get to headbutt a krogan and it's the best thing (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, that is that is pretty that is pretty awesome. Just as a refresher for everyone, Grunt's loyalty mission is about finding his Krant. It's really a rite of passage for for Grunt, a bildungsroman, if you will, uh, where Grunt is a tank bred Krogan, and because of that, he's not quite sure how to approach what would be Krogan puberty, uh, mm-hmm. and so when we help Grunt out along with that, he needs to find his group, his Krant. So we take Grunt to Tuchanka. Uh, and of course, if you played Mass Effect 1 and Rex is alive, Rex is the leader of Clan Erdnot, who uh, more than happily uh, sponsors him because of his association with Shepard. So uh, that's just a little refresher on the uh, on the Grunt's loyalty mission. And I got to agree, Genesis, uh, headbutting the Krogan is, is something else. And it's, uh, it's some spicy flavor that Mass Effect 2 uh, really,
1: really thrives in.
5: I'm sorry, I should have said spoiler alert before I started that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it's fine, it's fine. Every, I mean, this is a lore show, so everything's going to be a spoiler on some level, right? <laughs> Can you imagine what it would feel like to headbutt a Krogan? <laughs> Ouch.
2: Uh, the, their headplate looks pretty hard. Looks looks... Uh,
1: looks like bone yeah i I bet it would feel like hitting a rock you know like going up to like the side of a mountain and just like hitting your head on the side of a mountain
2: that would explain a lot of shepherd's decisions afterward sorry but go on (laughs) no
1: i also
5: like the fact that that's the first time that we get to see a female krogan is when you start that mission so that's also in there that i like
1: yeah yeah and with them being so rare that's a it's a right
2: and i'm i'm just curious uh genesis is grunt one of your favorite squad mates as well or did you just like his loyalty mission a lot uh
5: i do like him as a squad mate um i yeah Mm. it depends on what playthrough i'm going on um whether or not he's one of my main companions uh because if my shepherd isn't somebody who can unlock Oh, oh that's one all the games are mashing in my head together right it
1: now. It happens. It happens. Um, I mean, you're talking with a guy who does multiple lore casts for multiple RPGs, and they, uh, yeah, they all start to blur together. <laughs> I've yeah. had multiple shows where I've gone, wait a minute, was that this playthrough? Where this way or yes, mm-hmm. I totally understand.
5: But I tend to bring Garris with me on every mission, and then whoever I think is going to fit the mission best for dialogue is going to be my second companion.
2: Yeah, that's an awesome, awesome way to play through. Of course, I'm biased because I played through the same way. I bring one story flavor companion and one practical gameplay companion with Mm -hmm. me. And that almost always ends up being Garrus plus one. Uh, (laughs) So I used to bring my uh, love interest in every mission with me. And then I figured... I can't pass up Garrus like that because more often than not, Garrus was not my love interest. But speaking of Garrus, I know that uh, his loyalty mission is a favorite of many people, but something tells me that may be the case with Psyche. Am I right?
4: Um, he, he makes my top three. Absolutely. Uh, but my absolute favorite is Tally's loyalty mission. Um, you get that, a rich addition of Quarian lore attached to the game overall, um, uh, and then you 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 help tally through this you know really emotional time of her life, right? You know she's been accused of the worst crime in Korean history, and she's dealing with you know death of a parental figure. It's a whole thing, um, so. Uh, That's why it makes it my top, like my absolute favorite. Garrus comes in second for that.
2: I totally get that as well you know with tally's loyalty mission um, on my last playthrough I was trying to have my bro ship romance tally and it just so happens that if you're trying to romance tally and you don't lie for her uh, to the Admiralty board in her mission then guess what the deals off you're not getting any and uh, that romance is not gonna get not gonna follow through so it really pins your morality against your loyalty uh, which is a cool uh, I guess a balancing act that you don't really see with many games uh, where it, I was trying to play an authentic character right an authentic character who didn't ever want to lie even at the expense of someone he really cared about um, so he ended up losing Tally's loyalty and of course that can result in tally's death or other characters death in the final mission in mass effect 2 i was lucky enough that it didn't um but psych have you always gone through and and secured tally's loyalty
4: i have um i have absolutely no qualms telling that admiralty board uh (laughs) where to shove something
1: uh he's
2: just a
4: the, those three are like, you know, they're, they're, characters, of course, of some of the worst aspects of any particular, uh, politicians. Um, and so having that, having that on top of, on top of just the idea of, okay, look, I, I can't just tell you that your father is the worst Corian ever. Um, <laughs> uh, it, yeah, it's, it, I mean, it puts you in a hard spot, but at the same time, it's just like, eh, you guys, you're just using her as a pawn. And I can't, I personally cannot allow you to just use my friend like that. So jog
0: on. <laughs> yeah, is and as one a- of the, sorry, oh, is I was just going to say
2: rare ones. As a refresher for everyone who may not have played Tally's loyalty mission, because some people um, don't actually do loyalty missions. I know it, it's unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> but for everyone who may not have played her loyalty mission, basically we find out that Tally's father was experimenting on Geth and took it a step too far, enabled some Geth. Who effect effectively killed a bunch of Corians on the migrant fleet? This is um, considered treason by the migrant fleet's leadership, and uh, is the highest offense possible that a Corian could commit. So it's a huge stain on Tally's um, family's honor. She's embarrassed by it, of course, when she finds out that it's true. And so the loyalty aspect comes down to basically Shepard playing lawyer in court for her, uh, and you can decide to play the devil's advocate or you can decide to have um you know like a neutral type of approach to it where you still secure her loyalty but kind of skirt around the topic or you can go in my opinion what is considered paragon but oddly renegade where you choose to tell the truth and piss off your squad mate in the process um but uh psych about genesis's favorite loyalty mission have you ever not secured grunts loyalty
4: no i i am too much of a completionist to never not complete any loyalty mission um and there is something to be said for taking a giant nuke to a giant death worm um so you know that is fun uh but yeah i've i I'm just yeah. I'm too much of a completionist to to not complete anything that comes through that game.
1: <laughs> See, this is this and is always my problem. Is that I'm I'm a stickler for whatever the morality is that I feel like I'm siding with in the moment, rather than sticking to the person. Like I will generally side with the morality over what I think the person wants me to do, hmm. which means I will screw over a loyalty mission, and so many times I will. Mess up a relationship because I'm sticking to what I think is the right thing to do or what needs to be done in the moment rather than what the person would want me to do. So, in a playthrough, like I'll, I'll get through a playthrough and be like, Well, I got no romances this time. <laughs> there should be an achievement for that, celibate. So, yeah, like it happens. <laughs> it happens. It happens. I'll get like a romance option to work out and like wonder why why didn't anybody else want to be with me it's because it's because i just because i was trying to be too good or or like or at least i was putting the galaxy ahead of like shepherd's personal wants or, or whatever you know like that kind of crap and that's right i'll end up screwing over my own relationships because of it
2: the rest of the crew met in the uh bar area and was like you know i agree with the mission and everything but shepherd's kind of a dick
1: right yeah 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 i will totally play through in those ways and it just like screws over all my relationships
2: genesis have you ever played through like a really really hardliner Shepard shepherd play through before <laughs> mm,
5: i tried and then couldn't do it like I, I was like, okay, my first time playing Bro ship, I'm gonna go full Renegade. And no, it just didn't work out. I couldn't, as a person, make some of those horrible choices.
2: Some of them are really, like, not even Renegade. They're just, like, egregious. It's like, who would do that <laughs> ever?
1: I feel like the closer you are to, like, Hardline Paragon or Hardline Renegade it makes it harder to manage some of the relationships because Mm -hmm. sometimes the relationships require you to make grayer decisions and you can't stick with one or the other all the time and make everybody happy or make a specific person happy. You know what I'm saying? Like if you stay too, too firmly to the edges, it pisses everybody off. So a question for both
2: Genesis and psych, uh, whoever wants to answer first can go, uh, what is your least favorite squadmate mission? Squadmate, I'm sorry, squadmate loyalty mission. And why is it your least favorite one?
4: I I would assume that both of us would agree that it's Jacob. Mhm. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs>
5: wait,
1: wait, wait, say that mm-hmm again cuz that was good. That was good. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's there there was a hint of judgment in there, just a hint.
4: <laughs> it's
1: horrible so what on makes so many it that? Well, what
2: makes it so bad?
4: Okay. In my opinion, it's
2: really, uh,
4: okay. Jacob as a character is like your basic gun kind of like you, you trade him out as fast as you possibly can. Right. And then his loyalty mission comes up and it's this uh, daddy issue, but Oh, I'm totally over my dad issues. So it doesn't really matter. Um, and then, okay. You find out his spoiler alert his dad's been playing you know harem on a mm. desert planet for yeah. 10 years. yeah okay um, yeah that's kind of bad bro. Um, I could send you to jail or here's a gun. you take a pick. It doesn't have it doesn't have quite that punch that some of the other characters other loyalty missions bring to the table. He's just there and that's the best you can say about it in
1: my opinion i remember getting to that and being like hey bro this <laughs> this sucks huh <laughs> like just kind of feeling like yeah this this sucks right mm-hmm. <laughs> like just like like that's kind of the reaction right you're like sucks i think
5: for jacob's character development it's definitely something that he needs to go through because you know that's always like in the back of his mind if my parents were missing for 10 years i would definitely want to know especially if i feel like i'm going to go on a suicidal mission i might not come back from it i would want to know what legacy i'm leaving behind are my parents still out there do i possibly have half siblings anything like that so i get that but then you get on his mission and his dad is a complete expletive you know
3: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
5: <laughs> holding women hostage for 10 years 10 years mm-mm, mm-mm.
1: yeah mm-mm.
2: hey bro this sucks <laughs> yeah his dad's maniacal Dad, uh, yeah. dad's uh, kind, like, of,
1: kind of it's, douchebag right
2: <laughs> so t- it's so twisted and in you know weirdly enough it would make like a good twilight zone episode you know at least maybe that's my opinion you know like the twist comes at the very end and instead of the viewer being an omniscient you know uh, space commander who happens upon the planet you know you're one of the the uh, people who's losing their minds because they were being fed the native you know uh, flora that is poisonous um so yeah that that one is there's not a lot of moral gray area you know when you play that it's kind of like okay we are all in agreement that this guy is really fucked up right okay yeah <laughs> like, let's move on um mm-hmm. but yeah it, it is like a hurdle that jacob needs to to surmount in order to develop his character uh <laughs> i'm really like troubled saying that because Grow it's not like he's an incredibly static guy or incredibly dynamic guy. His character is actually rather static. Create a character. Create a character. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Birth a character. Tom, do you have a favorite, least favorite squadmate loyalty mission?
1: Mm, mm, you know, I don't. I have such a hard time ranking things as favorites. I've talked about this on other shows. When people ask me about favorites and stuff, I have a really hard time ranking stuff. Like it's more like there's things I like for different reasons and things I don't like for different reasons. Um, uh, I'm trying to think through them all. It's been a while since I played all of the all of the loyalty stuff. Um, the one you do with, uh, oh crap, 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 the, the lizard guy, uh, what was his name? Um, Morden. Morden? No, no, Thane, Thane. 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 I, I like that one.
2: Yeah, that one's Thane's out. son, trying to follow in his footsteps by becoming an assassin as well, mm-hmm. and you have to stop him. I thought that yeah, was that interesting. One.
1: Yeah, yeah, because of the whole maybe because I'm a dad thing, um, and I, I find I, I found Thane. I mean, Thane was the one I ended up romancing on my first Mass Effect Two playthrough, play um, and I found that to be engaging his whole like he was kind of a mysterious character but then you have the whole you find out like he's a dad and then the whole relationship with the kid and then trying not to have the kid be like the dad like that whole aspect of it I found really interesting so yeah yeah I I like
2: you know if I if I had to pick one that I really didn't like um I'd have to say Zaid's because Zaid's loyalty mission was really I don't know, run of the mill. Um, It was a mission in which you basically just exact revenge. Like he's on a revenge path and he's just willing to blow anything and everything up on the way to revenge. And Shepard can step in and be like, Hey man, that's messed up. Let's not kill innocent people just (laughs) because you're mad. (laughs) And then like, if you do that, you might lose his loyalty, but you might save it there at the end. But, you know, I I don't know. That one just felt like it didn't really have large, large lore implications after the loyalty mission of it, whereas Tally's is like massive. The lore implications of that one are huge, um, and I think that Garrus. You know, I think the writers could have done a better job with Garrus's loyalty mission, um, for such a huge character and for such a fan favorite, which by Mass Effect Two they were well aware of. Uh, It felt like they dropped the ball with Garrus' loyalty mission because it was like, okay, let's set up a hit job for this guy that totally screwed Garrus and his squad over on Omega. Mm -hmm. And then, like, Shepard can basically say, hey, like, my buddy's going to snipe you, so you should probably move. (laughs) And and if if he says that, (laughs) like, it's like, okay, you might lose Garrus' loyalty. Uh, Or you can just let Garrus follow through with murder.
1: I mm, yeah. I remember f- yeah. I remember feeling like that one was kind of, I don't know, anticlimactic. It is. Like yeah. like feeling like, oh, this is going to be cool and then just like mm, when it just kind of plays out the way it does. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Did you guys feel that way?
5: Yeah. And I think a lot of it has to do with like my decision for which way I'm going to let Garrus go on that is which way I let him go on his mass effect. One loyalty mission of killing Dr. Hart or not. So if I let Garrus kill Dr. Hart, then I'll let Garrus kill his old friend.
4: Mm -hmm. Um, I, I always go with, uh, I'm, I'm always a you know truth and justice kind of person, and kind of believe in those things. So I always kind of like spur his better nature, and you can still secure his loyalty, even letting Sedonis live. You know, it takes a, I think like a high paragon or something to make pull that off. Um, but you know, and he he comes across that emotional hurdle. It the thing for me is that it kind of retreads the whole thing that you just did in Emmy One, right? Don't kill these people. You don't kill people to make yourself feel better. You, you should have learned that lesson the first time, and you have to go through it again in me too It's just.
1: Right. It right. could have
4: been a better mission.
1: Right. Yeah. Revenge isn't really the solution. It never really makes you feel Carl, better. Carl, you can't kill people. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah we got Turians with hats Um, no No, um, that's an obscure reference
1: thinking thinking through these I I think I I think I'm with psych here that the Jacob mission was just kind of like by the time I think it was one of the last ones I did and then by the time I got to that one it was just kind of like a oh crap I got to get through this like it was just like one of those where it was just like okay I think it was it was was like I did it because I I was, com- I was completing everything, not because I wanted to at that point. Mm-hmm. And else? that sucks, you know, like, like when you do a loyalty mission, you want to do it because you want to do it. You want to do it because of the relationship with the character, because you're, you're enjoying the storyline, because you're, you're learning yeah. something new. And when I got to that one, I was like, okay, I'll just get through the mission. And then, like, you never want that to be the reason you complete a mission in the game.
4: I did it for the achievement. Right. Yeah. Well, I did, it, I did it because I thought
1: maybe some, it would go somewhere, and it just kind of yeah. doesn't. And then you get done with it, and you're like, well, that's done. Great. Okay, let's move on with the next thing.
5: Jack's loyalty mission is also pretty high up there on the list. That, for me, his favorite that was,
1: ones. Yeah, so that when I was thinking through my, my favorites, that was one of the, like, that's probably in my top two or three. Because yeah, Jack's because one it helps is a flesh, good one about confronting the past. It, it helps flesh out her character, you know, like it, it, it justifies her as not just being this like edgy character. It all of a sudden gives you justification for like, who is she? Why is she the way she is? And it, it creates this like interesting understanding of her backstory and, and what's actually going on with her, which is great. You know, that that allows her to be this edgy character with more depth, you know. And it lets her wear a shirt. And she gets to wear a shirt. So there's that as well. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well,
2: no, well, I'm I'm actually with Genesis on this one. It was kind of weird how they forced the fifth element look on Jack from the very beginning.
1: Yeah, that yeah. Yeah, that, you know, The designers in these games were, you know, from the, from the beginning, the designers in these games were like, let's, let's let all the ladies wear tight fitting armor and really show their butts and their boobs. And then they, (laughs) then the Jack design came out and everyone was like, what? Like, I remember, I remember when Mass Effect 2 came out and they were showing all the characters and then they showed the character of Jack and there, there was like, even in the, in the games media, there were game reporters that were just like, come on, come on. Yeah.
5: So I am all for what Jack is wearing. And I like the fact that they started her that way because if the naked look was the unlocked, I think mm-hmm. that I would have more issues with it. Like you get to right. unlock Ooh, yeah. her taking off more clothes.
1: Yeah, that's a good yeah, point. That's true. <laughs> that's a really good point. Right. But it's still, you know, like, can we move past the idea that like the design of characters in games are for like teenage boys in order to get them to buy more video games? Can like can if we're going to have adult things in games, can we let them just be adult things in games and can we let the majority of characters be like regular people who wear regular clothing? and then put the adult things in the games in the in the appropriate places in the games where adult things would be in games maybe that would um, make am more I sense, hearing you know
2: am i hearing you say that you were really sorely missing a racy Caden
1: outfit <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, but you know what you don't say like if you're going to sexualize the women in the game then sexualize the men in the game make the whole game sexual yeah. you know like but if you're going to have like armor then don't have boob armor have armor that actually functions like armor right like armor historically that women would wear would look very no different than armor that men would wear because you wouldn't want to divot in the middle of your chest that would move weapons towards the center of your chest. It doesn't make any sense, right? You wouldn't have individual boobs shaped in your armor. There's no, it makes no sense for that, right? Mm.
2: Well, I'm not an armor expert and I I also don't have boobs,
1: so.
5: Yeah, I'm like I am a boob expert and I like them separated if
1: they're going to be contained. But no, you can separate them inside the underneath the metal. What I'm saying is the outside of the, the shape is is flat. Does that make Got sense? It. Like inside the clothing, you can separate them, but on the outside of the clothing and and people have, there's been a lot of research that's done into this. Historically, women who would, who, who had to wear armor, the outside of the outfit would still like the, the idea of wearing armor is that your body should be shaped like a cylinder so that it deflects things around your body. Brienne of Tarth. Brienne of Tarth, right. Like there, there, yeah, there's good armor in some movies and then there's bad armor in other movies and, and games are the same thing. So, um. You know, like it it doesn't, you know, just like in the real world, not everybody walks around in public wearing sexualized outfits. In fact, the majority of humans don't, but some people do. Why don't we actually have like realistic percentages of people in a game that look sexualized, but most people don't, you know, like let people let, let the character of the character define if they choose to wear sexualized clothing or not. Right? Doesn't that make sense? Mm-hmm. Rather than every female in the game looks sexualized and has a model physique. Because that's not well you that's know, not realistic.
2: Aside from Jack's shirt debacle, uh, I do like the cyberpunk visor that she gets a lot <laughs> uh, because it's totally cyberpunk. Like that is one hundred and ten percent cyberpunk. That Jack gets this awesome visor with like the red lights on it, and I was like, man, Jack really should have had that visor from the get-go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so hmm. says, "I'm still upset there was no, was no Jack outfit for Grunt." What if we had Jack outfits for all the characters? (laughs)
2: Jack outfit for Shepard. I can see that mod coming about. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, (laughs) well, you know, I, I think that, of the people who are interested in the outfits for squad mates, I think the first half of our episode will be particularly pertinent with the expanded galaxy mod. Um, mm-hmm. But, all right, well, um, Psych, Genesis, do you have any final thoughts about squad mate loyalty missions?
4: No, no, I'm good. I think we covered a lot of ground. I'm,
1: I'm happy. Well, cool. Well, thanks for joining us, guys. This has been super fun. Yeah, this is great. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to next week. We'll have the rest of the patrons on with us next week for, for the full episode. And uh, until then, everybody, we'll, we'll, it'll be a, a week until that episode. Hope you guys have a good week. Guys, do you have anything you want to share with us? Anything, Any cool projects you're working on or stuff you're doing or ways people can reach out to you? Why don't we, why don't we jump to, to Genesis? Genesis, you have anything going on? I do, Mm -hmm. but we
5: haven't fully announced it yet, so I don't know.
1: Okay, so Mm -hmm. you're holding out on us, so I guess we'll have to wait to find out.
5: There are big things coming. Uh, There are big things coming in my world.
1: Okay, so we'll wait. We'll wait for that. So stay tuned, friends. Um, And and do you want to share ways people can reach out to you, or do you just want to say, like, hey, I'm on the Discord? I am. I'm
5: on the Robots Radio Discord as Genesis. It's Genesis with a J. And
1: yeah, come chat. Awesome. Awesome. Psych. what do you got going on?
4: Yeah. um, So my local gaming group uh, has agreed to allow me to use them for a tabletop podcast. Nice. Um, Yep we're going to do a mass effect tabletop we're utilizing the fate system it's a more narrative driven rather than uh roles driven kind of thing cool i like Um, that i
1: enjoy i enjoy playing games more like that as well so that sounds fun
4: um it's going to be it's uh, mass effect blue shift it's we are all csec officers in that interim time between the battle for the citadel and the end of the world Um, and uh you can find us at uh at underscore blue Shift
1: on twitter very cool very cool sounds like a, a super fun thing um and yeah. um you know if if you guys are ever interested there's always the robots radio rocket club which mm-hmm. i'm sure you know about so if ever you're interested in you know some guidance and wanting to be part of the robots radio network you can always look me up there and or we'd be happy to you know bring you on board yeah. and work with you if you want but um good luck with that otherwise i hope that's super fun and and definitely yeah. go check that out listeners that sounds like an awesome thing yeah it's, it's gonna be fun we should
4: have our first episode uh november 15th is what i'm hoping for
1: very cool very cool we'll have have a super fun time with that um and seven you got anything going on you want to share
2: Um, yeah, I don't think that I'll be streaming this week because as I said, I have a friend in from out of town, but I will be streaming, uh, probably come next Sunday. If I can manage streaming before the episode, I will. However, that's a little dicey because, uh, although it's Halloween, it's also my girlfriend's birthday next Sunday. So we're going to do what we can between work and, and other obligations, you know, that come with life. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to be trying to stream as soon as possible and i'll be streaming some mass effect if anyone wants to catch up or follow me i am at n7 the legend on twitch on twitter on pretty much everything and i'm slowly becoming an audio visual engineer as <laughs> i work in better and better effects with stream labs so if anyone wants to come and critique my uh my quality of stream i am more than happy to take the the pointers
1: so awesome awesome um yeah it's speaking of birthdays it's my wife's birthday today so we uh we went out and celebrated and stuff so happy birthday to her So that's exciting. Um, I've been streaming every morning during the week over at twitch.tv slash robots radio. Been playing games with everybody in the mornings. And we have an awesome community over there. So shout out to to the robot squad. You guys are awesome. And uh, just a genuine thank you to everybody who's been showing up in the mornings and hanging out with me. You guys have uh, you've made a noticeable difference in my in my mood. My wife was like, you've been a lot happier lately. And I'm like, yeah, I've been like hanging out with people in the mornings and having a lot of fun. And it's actually making a huge difference so thank you um, and we have a, have a goal that I've set for hitting an entire week with an average viewer number of 25 viewers on our stream and I know that doesn't sound like a huge number so if you are if you're a listener to this podcast and you just want to hang out and, and help me hit this goal and if you're like working in the mornings I start at like 8 30 eastern in the mornings and we go through like the middle of the day so the first half of the day if you're working and you just want to lurk in the background or just kind of be in there and chat with us, You know, whatever it's I I used to do that all the time when I worked in an office, I did have a stream up on my second monitor while I was working and it just kind of pop in every so often and chat and kind of listen in the background. It's a great community, lots of awesome people, and I will be giving away a video game of your choice to a winner when we hit an average for a week of 25 viewers. So. You might want to pick if you want to pick up Legendary Edition, you haven't had a chance to get it yet or some other big game that's coming out this fall. You might be one of the winners. So come help us reach that goal and maybe you'll get a chance to win. So lots of awesome stuff going on in the stream. It's the same channel that we broadcast this live at. And I I just can't say thank you enough to everybody who's been coming and hanging out with me. We've been growing numbers every week and it's just been super, super fun having an awesome time. So um, that's what I got going on. And, of course, all the other shows at robotsradio.net if you're looking for other shows. So check out that stuff. And that's it. So until next time, everybody, thank you to our patrons. You guys are awesome. Thank you for being here. We'll be back next week with the rest of our patrons. And until then, stay safe out there in the galaxy. There's a lot of crazy stuff out there. And, um, you know, good luck with your loyalty missions. (laughs) We'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Jersey's Here Now Audio Fiction Festival 2020, it's Bioshock, the Midnight Series. Based in the dystopian underwater city of Rapture, witness what it was like for civilians from different walks of life before and after Andrew Ryan's
3: city fell. It's a tale of deception, downfall, and survival.
1: shock the midnight series a podcast by preston hardin
3: listen on spotify apple or wherever you get your podcasts in a world where solid state electronics and vacuum tubes are still meta people never stop loving atomic powered everything a chosen 500 stepped inside a subterranean vault to be spared the nuclear horror of the inevitable Great War. 25 years later, they emerge after the fallout settles to retake Appalachia. Among them, two former rivals whose blood feud will tear West Virginia apart, and their epic struggle for survival. Chad a vault bro who has a strength of 15, an intelligence of two, and is a complete wasteland dickhead. Simon, a complicated anti-hero who chooses light and hope, but accidentally becomes a cannibal and wakes up naked and afraid with a Scorch Beast Queen after a date goes terribly wrong. What? I mean, it's a wild wasteland, right? This dark humor radio drama will have you driving off the road and crawling out from under the fallout. Two men, one wasteland, and so many nukes. Chad, a Fallout 76 podcast, rated R. Now streaming on your holotape player podcasty thing.